When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 2342, an excerpt from the book, Plays Well with Others, by Eric Barker. And I'm Justin Mollick, your narrator. Welcome to the OLD Podcast. That stands for Optimal Living Daily, where I read to you from some of the best articles I can find with permission from the authors covering personal development or self-help, minimalism, anything they think could help you lead a more meaningful life and add some good thoughts for you every day. Occasionally, I read book excerpts. That's the case today. So with that, let's get right to it and start optimizing your life. An excerpt from the book, Plays Well with Others by Eric Barker. Since it was first published in 1936, How to Win Friends and Influence People has sold over 30 million copies and nearly a century later, it still sells more than a quarter million copies each year. So what does Dale Carnegie recommend? He encourages people to listen, to be interested in others, to speak to them from their point of view, to sincerely flatter others, to seek similarity, to avoid conflict, and many other things that seem obvious, but that we all routinely forget to do. However, Carnegie's book was written before the dawn of most formal research in the area and is largely anecdotal. Does his advice line up with modern social science? Surprisingly, yes. As ASU's Daniel Rushka notes, the majority of Carnegie's fundamental techniques have been validated by numerous experiments. That said, good old Dale did get one wrong. The eighth principle in his book says, try honestly to see things from the other person's point of view. University of Chicago professor Nicholas Epley tested Dale's suggestion and doesn't mince words about it. Quote, never have we found any evidence that perspective taking, putting yourself in another person's shoes and imagining the world through his or her eyes, increased accuracy in these judgments, end quote. Not only isn't it effective, but it actually makes you worse at relating to them. Sorry, Dale. But he's only wrong about that one issue. In his defense, millions have used his techniques with great success, including famous people like um, Charles Manson. And this leads us to the more relevant problem with Carnegie's techniques, not that they're unscientific, but that they can be manipulative and lead to shallow friendships. Countdown to lawsuit from the Carnegie estate, five, four, three. Carnegie's book is great for the early stages of relationships. It's excellent for transactional relationships with business contacts, but it's also a wonderful playbook for con men. It's not focused on developing long-term intimacy, it's much more about tactically gaining benefit from people. Carnegie frequently uses phrases like human engineering and 
making people glad to do what you want. To be fair, Carnegie repeatedly says you should have good intentions, but this rings hollow. Sociologist Robert Bell wrote, quote, for Carnegie, friendship was an occupational tool for entrepreneurs, an instrument of the will in an inherently competitive society, end quote. If you're looking for a blood brother or sister from another mister, this isn't gonna do it. It's the equivalent of using a how-to-pick-up-girls book to navigate the ups and downs of a multi-decade marriage. So what does produce deep friendships? This leads us to an area of academic study called signaling theory. Let's say I tell you I'm a tough guy. Do you believe me? On the other hand, let's say you see the UFC heavyweight championship belt being wrapped around my waist at the end of a televised fight, which would better convince you I'm not the guy you wanna mess with. A costly signal is a more powerful signal. Saying I'm a tough guy is easy. Me faking a live UFC event before a crowd of thousands is far harder. We operate based on signaling theory all the time. We're just rarely aware of it. Carnegie teaches us friendship signals, but they're not costly. That's why as a reader, we like them. They're easy to do. That's also why con men like them. They're easy to fake. Saying, I'll be there for you is one thing. Showing up for a full day of helping you move is a much more costly and powerful signal, which would convince you I'm a real friend. So which costly signals do we want to display and look for when it comes to true friends? The experts firmly agree on two, the first one being time. And why is time so powerful? Because it's scarce, and scarce equals costly. Want to make someone feel special? Do something for them you simply cannot do for others. If I give you an hour of my time every day, I cannot do that for more than 24 people. Cannot, end of discussion. Research from Notre Dame that analyzed over 80 million phone calls showed touching base in some form every two weeks is a good target to shoe for. Hit that minimum frequency and friendships are more likely to persist. But making new friends can require even more time. Jeff Hall's research found that it took as many as 60 hours to develop a light friendship, sometimes 100 hours to get to full-fledged friend status, and 200 or more hours to unlock the vaunted best friend achievement. Sometimes more, sometimes less, but either way, yowzers, that's a lot of time. But that's only part of the equation. Hall also found that how people talked mattered. We've all hit that wall with a potential friend where the small talk starts to go in circles. You just can't seem to break through to the next level. And that's one problem with Carnegie's work. The smiling and head bobbing get you only so far. Wanna make good friends without dozens of hours? You can do it, but Carnegie won't get you there. Researcher Arthur Aaron got strangers to feel like lifelong pals in just 45 minutes. How? Well, that leads us to our second costly signal, vulnerability. There's been a lot of talk about vulnerability lately, but most of us just nod our heads and go right back to trying to seem perfect. Why? Because it's really scary to put yourself out there. You could be mocked or rejected, or the information could be used against you. We don't want awful people to exploit our weaknesses but the irony is that our weaknesses are where trust comes from. In a paper titled, Can We Trust Trust? Researcher Diego Gambetta wrote, quote, the concession of trust can generate the very behavior which might logically seem to be its precondition, end quote. In other words, trust creates trust. The danger of being exploited 
creates the value inherent in trust, giving it its power. How do you signal you're trustworthy? By trusting someone else. And then often the trust in you creates the trust in them. Vulnerability tells people they're part of an exclusive club. They're special to you. Aaron found that self-disclosure directly aids in producing friends, and that's how he got people to become best buds in 45 minutes. So next time you're with someone you care about or someone you want to deepen your friendship with, follow the scary rule. If it scares you, say it. You don't need to go full bore just yet. Don't confess to any murders at Christmas dinner. Start slow and build. Stretch the bounds of the sensitive things you're willing to admit about yourself And by the same token, ask more sensitive questions than you're normally comfortable asking. And when your friend admits vulnerable things, do not recoil and scream, you did what? Accept them. Then Daniel Rushka says, raise the stakes. As long as you feel emotionally safe and you're getting a positive reception, share more. That's how you build a deep friendship. You just listened to an excerpt from the book Plays Well with Others by Eric Barker. Thank you to Eric. An author that we narrate frequently over on Optimal Startup Daily near AL actually introduced me to him, which is always appreciated. You can find Eric's book Plays Well with Others on Amazon, just released today, in fact. Eric is also the author of the Wall Street Journal bestseller Barking Up the Wrong Tree, which has sold over half a million copies and been translated into 19 languages. Over half a million people have subscribed to his weekly newsletter and his work has been covered by the New York Times, the Atlantic, and the Financial Times, to name a few. Thanks again to Eric. Definitely check out the book on Amazon. One thing I love about hosting this show is that I get to read from many, many different perspectives. Dale Carnegie's book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, has been on my bookshelf or as an audiobook CD probably since high school. I found it to be pretty helpful personally, even to the point where I've recommended it, pretty sure on this show, in fact, if not in my weekly newsletter. But like this show often does, I got a different perspective today, that's for sure. Will I still recommend that book after hearing this excerpt? Honestly, I don't know. I actually really enjoyed this piece from Eric because even though I have found Carnegie's book helpful, I was definitely nodding along with Eric's points as well. Time is a huge one for me. I think it's my love language, in fact. And the vulnerability point is really interesting. It reminds me of an experiment that my favorite college professor had us do in class. It was a sociology or anthropology type class where he really wanted us to try things, get out of our comfort zones, and then learn from that experience. One of the experiments we did, I think this was the first day of class, by the way, was to partner with the person next to us who we did not know at the time. And we would each take turns standing up while the other stayed, sat down, and just stare at the person that's standing up and stare at them up and down. We would even turn around and the person would continue staring at us up and down while we faced the other way. So they're looking at our backside. Then we'd have to stare into the other person's eyes for what felt like forever. Now, I think most of us have not done this before. And I can tell you after doing it, that it's really vulnerable. It's a strange thing to do, both on the looking and receiving side knowing someone is staring at you like that. But what happened after was quite remarkable. Nearly everyone in that classroom felt incredibly close to that stranger after the experiment. It's a fascinating thing. Vulnerability really does make a big difference. 
So try to be vulnerable today and authentic with someone that you care about. Share some of your time you have with me, which I greatly appreciate it. Have a great rest of your day and I'll see you tomorrow where your optimal life awaits.